From the Back to Tank, I am Michael, your host. If you're new to this broadcast, and this is one of 11,000 podcasts, Star Wars podcasts that you are listening to, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you find your podcast. Just search From the Back to Tank. Be sure to give us reviews and a five-star rating on iTunes, as that does help us get seen by more people. We need you to trigger those algorithms. All right, in the back to waters, taking a dip, healing from COVID, <laughs> is David. Hello. Feeling very good today. <laughs> no more COVID? No more COVID. What about HIV? The, the, the well, you know, the, the bumps don't go just disappear, you know. Does HIV cause bumps or uh, is that something else? Maybe you have a little bit of a uh, whole entire cocktail of <laughs> STDs. <laughs> Probably a whole cocktail. Ugh. <laughs> All right, dude Dave. juice. <laughs> dude juice. Enough with the dude juice. I don't want to know what that is. Although I do know what it is. <laughs> All right. So today we have a few things we want to sort through. Boba Fett, Dave. Are you ready for some Boba Fett news? He's the he's gonna lead us up. Now, are you ready for a whole lot of Boba Fett? Because oh after, man, because we all know with the book of Boba Fett coming out, the Mando Bros and the Boba Fett Bros, they're going to be out. They're going to be feeling so empowered and mass. It, it, it's just going to be a thing, and yeah. I'm okay with that. And the thing that does annoy me just a bit, because I don't have a problem with the Mando Bros or the Boba Fett Bros necessarily. However, they're going to walk around like they shit don't stink because the Mandalorian is probably according to most Star Wars fans, is the best thing to come out of Lucasfilm in recent years. And then you have the Book of Boba Fett, which is probably going to be just as good, if not better, than The Mandalorian. So now you have two projects that are leading the pact in the way of Lucasfilm for fans. I mean, why wouldn't you walk around like your shit don't stink, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, even... even My argument, the best thing in Star Wars right now was The Bad Batch. That's the best. Yeah. But even that, that still has the, the connection of Boba Fett toward the end. You know, when you, when you start dealing with there's illusions, illusions of, you know, the alpha and the omega. Right. And yeah, it's right. almost like the last five years, they've really tried to bring back the man Mandalorians, the, the not just like Boba Fett himself, but the concept of the Mandalorian. Hasn't the Mandalorians always been, if you're not dealing with Jedi, you're probably going to be dealing with Mandalorians. Even before yeah. Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney, look what he and Filoni were working on. 
I mean, the Clone Wars had almost everything to do with, with the Mandalorian. With the Mandalorian, so it's always been there, but I don't feel like it's actually come through in a big way in terms of the mainstream until, of course, a TV show because yes. everyone's watching the TV show. If your mom and dad are watching it, chances are the entire world is watching it as well. Yeah. And that is definitely the case. The Mandalorian has now become a household name and not not just the the name of the TV show, but Mandalorian has become a household name, which it wasn't. It was one of those, those secrets that Star Wars fans whispered. Oh, I love the Mandalorians. I hope they do a movie someday with them or a TV show. And now it's here. And Mm -hmm. finally it is within the vocabulary of the mainstream. And when you think about it, I mean, just for, hardcore star Wars fans, we've been slowly inundated just the last 10 years because of certain storylines, the, the reemergence of the concept of the Mandalorians. I mean, look at all of Filoni's major storylines. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much 90% have to deal with the Mandalorians, the rise and fall of the Mandalorians. Right. His bigger broad strokes, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at clone wars, it goes back to clone wars and the story with Obi-Wan Darth Maul and, and the Mandalorian all connected. Death Watch. Yep. Then you go to Rebels. You have the, 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 the supposed, you know, rise and fall of the Mandalorian people and Sabine bringing, bringing them back under the, under the guise of, you know, like the, uh, the Darksaber storyline. Right. It's, it's always been there. It's always been there. It's always been in the background on Simmer waiting for its mainstream debut. Which and, was The Mandalorian. And it finally happened. And then we're just going to get more of that. Because the Boba Fett series, the, the miniseries, sure, it's going to be more about Boba Fett. But I am telling you, Dave, there's going to be some, some relevance to this as well. There's going to be talk of cloning and The Mandalorians and Jango Fett They've already alluded to Jango Fett's connection to the Mandalorians in uh, the last season of the Mandalorian. So hopefully we're going to get more of that. Oh, yeah. But that being said, Dave, Disney Plus will have its second anniversary on November 12th this year. And right before the Book of Boba Fett is set to air, they will drop on December 12th a special on Boba Fett's history and legacy. And you know, Mando bros everywhere will be tuning in oh, and, yeah. and watching that as if it's the gospel. It's, it's, it's going to be part of the Bible. Yes. It's going to be part of the Boba Fett Mando bro Bible. Do you think that, they, that some Mando bros might be upset, though? Because if they do change some things of Boba Fett from, you know, what we know him from the past, because remember, in legend terms... The led uh, the a lot of the stories, and I've I've actually been asked about this a couple times with mm-hmm. a couple people that listen to us. The Boba Fett that we have now in the current era of Star Wars is nothing like the book the Boba Fett that no he's we, already different. He's already different from the the guy that you know we all grew up with through the books and the extended universe. There's all we need in the eighties and nineties. You're right, Dave. There's a, we are, all we need is one example of that. The very reason, not reason, the decision, whoever wrote the episode, I think is Favreau, to have Boba Fett hang out with the Mandalorian in season two 
because he feels like he owes him something until the child is recovered. Right there is a direct violation of oh, Fett's characteriz- characterization. Yes. And, and it didn't bother me no. because this is not the Boba Fett that we grew up with in the 90s and 80s. It's not because that has been retconned. So this is a new iteration. And that being said, I feel like we need to just move on at this point. And listen, I'm very attached to the the retcon Boba Fett stories. And we can still enjoy them for what they are, you know, part of exactly. legacies. But in the way of, of canon now, it's time to move forward. It's time to quit expecting that we're going to get back to that. Because at this point, just what we saw in the Mandalorian season two, this isn't going to be the same fat. And I'm okay with that. As long as the story works and you're filling in the gaps, because there, there is a lot of story to tell pertaining to Boba Fett and his connection to the Star Wars universe as a whole. It's something that we never thought about when we watched Empire Strikes Back. It's nothing. Yes. It's something we haven't really thought about even rewatching Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But now after that line, it's just it's such a no brainer. I never thought about it until Bo-Katan's character said. I've seen your face a thousand times. Yes. I mean, holy shit. I mean, how, how did I need to hear her say that? To make me realize, yeah, Boba Fett's face has been seen thousands, thousands and thousands, and thousands of, times. of times. How does that make someone like him feel? Is that the reason why he never takes his helmet off? Is that the reason why he's run so far from his original identity and legacy under Jango Fett and the Clone Wars? Like, there's got to be a reason. And those are the types of things, Dave, that we have to get into. I want to see yes. Boba Fett become... More than just one dimensional. Yeah, me, one, me and you, me and you want that. One dimensional know? FET has worked for the last 30, 40 years. Exactly. Now that we're actually going there, we need to go there. Yes. Because like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest, we have a we have a Mando bro among our hosts. And the one thing that just You're makes me Steve? <laughs> the one that makes me crank up the most, he's more excited when in Mandalorian, when Boba Fett launched his launched his you know bombs out of Slave One, then actually the story that's be, trying to be told of Boba Fett's new origin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm sorry that is, and that's not saying anything bad about Steve, but that is the Mando Bros. Yeah, and I'm like going, I hope when this drops, when the special drops. I'm going to definitely be watching it, but I'm also going to be hoping that they don't hold back. They can't have an entire series, Dave, on a one-dimensional character. On a one-dimensional character. You can't do that. It, no one's going to care. Even the story of the Mandalorian himself. The, what was it? What's his name? Dejaren? Jaren. Dejaren, right? Yes. Yeah. At first, it started off as one-dimensional, his character. But then as the episodes went by, you knew what to look for in the way of body language and how he projects certain things. And even though he's wearing a helmet and is all suited up, that relationship with the child or Grogu helped flesh out his own emotions a bit so you understand him and you realize that he's not one-dimensional. They found ways to make him not one-dimensional, even going back to the very first episode. Those waning moments when he decides not to shoot Grogu. Yes. Right there alone does does so much in the way of creating a more dimensional character. And I'm using that as an example because that's a very easy scene. And if they don't do that with Fett, then they just don't care. 
Well, think about think about this. My favorite episode of Mandalorian season two by far is the one where Dejaren goes to the prison, the Imperial prison, with the uh, uh, other bounty hunter. Yeah, and you that that one simple moment where Dejaren has to make the the choice: take off the helmet, right, so they could scan your face, or you blow your cover and you never see Grogu again. And he makes the, and that simple scene was so powerful to that character because it gave that character so much depth. Just a few moments, a few moments. That's all they got to do. And that's all they got to do with Boba Fett. They don't have to go, you know, all balls to the wall. And all of a sudden we don't need an Oscar contending type of performance. That's not what we're talking about. We're not looking for that. Despite what people think, we're not always uppity in elitist. Like I understand that star Wars is supposed to be fun and I'm fine with that, but that doesn't mean fun equates to, you know, lack of substance. Exactly. And, and especially when you're bringing back a character, yes, me and you have gone back and forth about Boba Fett. I mean, I think everyone out there who's listened to our show for as long as me and you have been covering mm-hmm. know that me and you are not the biggest fans of Boba Fett. <laughs> no, I, I used to love him a lot. Yes. Back in the day, but I just feel like it's just kind of like, okay, well, what what else is new? What exactly. else are we going to do with him now? Because and, and he was boring. You, you've been doing the same stories with this character now for, you know, 20, 30 years. It's time to move on. And honestly, I think the I'm not a big fan of the retcon at all. All the time, the great, the great 2012 the great retcon, purge, the great purge of 2012. Uh, there are good things to it and bad things. And when it comes to the Boba Fett element, I feel like it's a good thing because you have cleared the board and now we can tell stories that make him a little more interesting. And things are starting off in that way to get people, you know, riled up and excited is this documentary. Now, as part of a press release, oh, my God, I just threw up on the microphone. Excuse me. (laughs) As part of a press release describing what's being dubbed as Disney Plus Day. God. Can can you be like everything? Everything's a day. Can't you be a little original? Like if you're going to copy Amazon Day and, you know, they do Prime Day or Star Wars Day or Star Trek Day. I mean, can you call it something else? Like, call it Disney Plus Extravaganza Week. <laughs> something. Or, yeah. Like, Be creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I I mentioned this off air to you. I'm waiting for, like, the day where we have Netflix Day. Oh, please. Or we already have Amazon Day. So <laughs> that's that's that blows my mind. In let's just let's get eliminate the word day. Is there any originality <laughs> left? Exactly. All right. So Disney has unveiled that a new documentary special about Boba Fett will be arriving as part of a deluge of content hitting the up and coming streaming service. A summary of what's confirmed to be arriving on November twelfth is listed below. Okay. The only thing that seems interesting for us is. The news of Boba Fett, a special celebrating the origins and legacy of Star Wars's legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett. Now, as it stands, it's unclear, according to StarWarsNewsNet.com, if this special will feature anything from the book of Boba Fett, like a behind-the-scenes look, or perhaps even conclude with a reveal of the trailer. Uh, nonetheless, it seems highly likely that it will be used as a promotional tool for or I should say of some kind for the new series, regardless of whether or not Lucasfilms, 
splits the curtain on this year's big live action Star Wars television series. Now, it's not that it's not like Boba Fett or the book of Boba Fett needs more promotion. I feel like a lot of people are ready for this. Even the mainstream are asking about it. However, it would be nice to have a documentary um, that has a little bit on the book of Boba Fett or maybe even do a part one and a part two. Part one is about everything leading up to the book of Boba Fett. And then part two can be on, you know, the aftermath of the book of Boba Fett and, you know, the future of Fett moving forward. That could be an interesting documentary right there. Oh, yeah. And honestly, dude, some of the stuff on Disney Plus it started off a little rocky, but a lot of the series, they're getting some good stuff. The galleries, the gallery, the Star Wars, well, I think it's called Star Wars Galleries, where they do behind the scenes looks on various series, has been really, really embraced positively. Yeah. And it's actually been really good. I mean, I've been enjoying actually watching the latest uh, galleries, ones that detail the final season of Mandalorian and seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are really fun. And I'm expecting because they've been doing such a good job on those and then getting something like this to kick off essentially the new star Wars series, the biggest star Wars series, like instead of remember years ago, they were saying we're going to get star Wars every year at the end of the year. Well, Essentially, we're going to be getting that again, only it's going to be a streaming series. We have been getting it every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of films, we've been getting streaming series. I have been telling you this for the past three years that this is what Disney had always planned on doing, whether it was the pandemic or not. They knew they couldn't get the Star Wars movies to work theatrically. No. At least as it is. And they were going to turn everything into TV. And that's exactly what they're doing. Now, Dave, what do you know about the Slave One controversy? Have you heard anything about this? Because we're talking about Boba Fett. We might as well get out all the news pertaining to Fett. Apparently, Lego has removed the name Slave One. And they're calling it Fett's Starship. Yes. Now, is this a thing? Because if you go to... You know, numerous blogs, they all complain that Disney's, you know, woke agenda is now removing the the <laughs> word slave. But if you go to the website itself, the StarWars.com website, and you look up Boba Fett, they still have an entire definition that you can search up based on Slave 1. Yeah. So I don't know why they would do that. Do we have any concrete information on whether or not Disney intentionally... Hold the name Slave One? I think, uh, I honestly think from what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing about this one is they kind of, they kind of dip their toes in it because they're like, like, to see what people would think because like, I don't think anyone, they didn't change anything. anything. They didn't change anything. It was a, it was a choice between Star Wars or Lucasfilm and Lego to basically say, you know what? That, one set that we have of uh, Lego being sold to children, maybe it's not a good thing to basically use the the, the quote unquote word slave. Yeah, okay. In it. <laughs> they, they realize that slave isn't like the master catch all word for slavery in America, right? They they understand that that's a word in general that doesn't necessarily always mean... But it's a hot-button word now. It's just silly. How it was meant in Star Wars from the very beginning 
it's a model of an asymmetric communication device or process called the master. This is basic computer 101. This is the old technology. Yes. It controls one or more other devices or processes, the slave, and serves as their communication hub. I remember that was actually explained, I want to say, in Heir to the Empire. Was Slave 1 in Heir to the Empire, the Timothy Zahn books? Yeah. I want to say it was, it right? It was. Oh, yeah. Or am I thinking of the Dark Empire comic book run? I can't remember, but I remember they actually explained in detail why it was called the Slave 1. Exactly. And it had nothing to do with slavery. <laughs> I think these people are are just, if that's what they're doing, if they are removing the name because of Slave, They've got to look for something else. Well, to uh, the one thing that basically everyone to get mad about because I feel exactly. like I feel like you're getting mad about nonsense. This isn't this isn't the first time it's ever happened. I don't know if people forgot their Star Wars fans that basically are don't don't remember this, but I remember actually uh, a reference book that came out, and I actually saw I actually confirmed this was seeing in an article a uh, reference book that I actually own for Ultimate Star Wars. Back in 2015, they changed the name of Boba's ship from Slave One to Clone One. Really? And no one ever said anything. No one said what book was this? Squat. It was a uh, Ultimate Star Wars reference book. You know those big, gigantic, thick uh, Star Wars books that they used to come out like every year. And how you would long see ago it. was this? Oh, this was like in 2015, 2014. Um, oh, so they were already messing around with they the were idea. Messing, they were messing around with the idea back then. I don't... Okay, if... It, it's silly. Okay, I know, hold, I hear you hold, chuckling hold over there. I'm going to look something up real fast. So you, you're going to have to talk for 10 seconds. Sure. Because... I, I know to you it sounds silly, but the fact that they're making a big deal about it now, I honestly feel that basically people make it a big deal. It's the name of a technology... Yes. It's no different than getting mad at a dreadnought. Why is it called a dreadnought? Because it's a type of battleship. Chip. Okay, so let's say you're offended by dreadnought. You just because you don't like the word doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it doesn't mean the technology that has been used to govern a a fictional starship for the past 30 or 40 years is no longer going to exist because you decide you don't like the name. It's, that to me is very strange. I don't know if it's if it's real, if there's any legitimacy to that. Although they did change the name, I mean that's evidence. That's evidence A right there. The Lego set is no longer called Slave One. No, it's it's Boba Fett's starship. So maybe they're doing it for the purpose of children because kids apparently are too stupid to realize and too sensitive. Because you yeah. got to remember, dude. I mean, nowadays people treat kids like they are. Really sensitive, yeah. so they kids are pretty strong. I think certain I think words, be okay. certain words might be might be scare adults and everything. Hey, David, and, whatever happened to sticks and stones may break your bones. Oh but no, words will never. Harm no one believes that me. anymore. No one. Believes I think we that. need to get back to the good old, you know, grade school yard rules. You know, schoolyard rules. Sticks and stones. They break your bones, but words can never harm me. Or I'm rubber and you're glue. Let's get back to the basics. <laughs> get back to the basics. Get back to like, you know, 
It, it, you're about, gonna you get more worrying, hurt. How about you quit worrying about rewriting a title of a starship? And maybe you should rewrite some of your fucking films that you're putting out there. How about that? How about you quit worrying about Slave One and worry about writing a cohesive trilogy that actually makes fucking sense? See, I will crack up, dude. That one, That is going to be the one thing. I guarantee you, Mando Bros Everywhere will, like, scream in unison. And you will hear, like, the... the their voices cry out in one one moment and then be silenced when Book of Boba Fett comes out. And it's not called Slave One. And it's not called Slave One. I, David, I'm not a Mando bro, but I would be annoyed. <laughs> I would be, uh, be a little annoyed. You can't imagine if they renamed the Millennium Falcon. Oh, dude, yeah. Essentially, you're doing that. You, you can't rename Boba Fett's ship. You just can't. But, but, but it's like, iconic. What about the younglings? This isn't to be compared to the Cleveland Indians or the Blackhawks or the Redskins. Redskins. This is nothing like it at all. But, but like the younglings, remember the younglings. Listen, That's what Disney is saying listen, to Lucas us. Lucas killed the younglings, okay? <laughs> Dave, have you heard anything about this Zack Snyder Star Wars movie? There was an article that came out several months ago. And I've been trying to get to it, and we never quite get to it. So I pushed it to the top of our notes so that we can definitely sort through it. But apparently Zack Snyder had a a Kurosawa-inspired Star Wars film that he had pitched. And, of course, you know, Disney and their their shittiness, (laughs) shittiness, you know, didn't pick up on it. But I guess it was prior to The Force Awakens. And Zack Snyder says that he hasn't abandoned the idea, although he's now redeveloping it as an original project. I want to see that original project. I want to see original project. Watch it be so amazing, and then we're all just upset because that could have been a Star Wars picture. Yes. And and imagine, because the thing I heard about that now is, I believe it's coming to Netflix. Like, the idea, the the, the overall... Uh, series yeah i've heard something like that too because of the success that he's had with netflix zach snyder is pitching it as an, the original idea not not a star wars project but changing everything to be an original idea for netflix i think he should call it not star wars <laughs> that would be funny let, and let it go you know like they did with that um punisher spinoff that unofficial spinoff with thomas jane it yeah. was called loose change no, no, it was Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry. Yeah, just just do the same thing with, with this and just call it like, what's a good Star Wars name That's that we can use that's not <laughs> copywritten? Not copywritten? Yeah. Oh, man. If he were to actually use the original names that Lucas used for there his projects. Go. That's what you do. Like, remember, I think one was Blue... I want to say Blue Monday or something. Yeah, just call it something like that and then call it a day. So Zack Snyder was gearing up to release Man of Steel and Lucasfilm had recently been acquired by Disney. When news broke in January 2013, the director was developing a Star Wars movie inspired by Akira Kurosawa. Snyder himself said at the time he did not want to direct Star Wars. This was before J.J. Abrams boarded and what became The Force Awakens. But Vulture reported that was something of a misdirection as Snyder was developing a Star Wars project for Lucasfilm that is set within the series galaxy, though parallel to the next trilogy. 
Oh my God. I actually have an update for that, uh, for this one, Mike. I, he actually changed the, the name is, uh, actually the official name is called rebel moon. Oh my God. That would have been so good. So let me get this straight. Zack Snyder, who goes to Star goes to Disney and basically says, you know, they, I have, have this. Their, they have their heads so far up their ass. I have this Star Wars film that is based around Akira Kurosawa, who is also what inspired George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're like, wait a second. Who's that? Who's that? And I'm talking about Lucas. Who's Lucas? And they're like going, they're like going. Disney CEOs don't even know who Lucas is. They're like, ah, nah, we don't, that, 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 that sounds too dark and depressing. Um, who are you? Uh, you're the guy who did Watchmen. Ah, yeah. Fuck off. Blue penis. We don't need that. Actually, I have the synopsis actually, even from, uh, it's actually from uh, the CNET okay, and listen to the story. The story will involve a peaceful colony sending a mysterious young woman to recruit interplanetary warriors to take on the armies of a tyrannical regent named uh, Balasaris. So basically it's a combination of Star Wars and Japanese director Akira Kurosawa's film The Seventh Samurai. Dude, what the hell is wrong with this? (laughs) It's very strange, you know, why they wouldn't have done this. Instead of The Mandalorian... Giving us the Western mic. I, you mean to tell me Zack Snyder could have given me my samurai film? See, honestly, Star Wars. this is what they should have done. In my humble opinion, I feel like they should have. And I understand they were running against the clock with the original cast. But I almost feel like they should never have even done the Skywalker saga. The Skywalker saga, for all intents and purposes, you could have said was done with Return of the Jedi. Don't get me wrong. I feel like there could have been a a lot bigger story as we saw with force awakens. There's a lot of good ideas there bleeding into the last Jedi. And of course the rise of Skywalker, but you sit and wonder what would have happened if they would have said, you know what, let's not do the Skywalker saga because it's too, it's too personal for so many people. So let's just do this Zack Snyder thing to get the ball rolling. And then after we gauge the success of this film, then we'll move into a Skywalker film. I feel like things would have been totally different. I think so too. I mean, like because Snyder was hot shit back in 2013. Now he's a little more divisive because of, because of justice, League, because of justice league and the Batman movies and the way Warner brothers treated him and, and all of that. But back in 2000, do you think that had to, do with some of their decisions? No, because this is back in 2013. Oh, no, this yeah, is you're before right. the you're controversy. Right. This is before the controversy. Yeah. So any any negative from the from his time with Warner Brothers shouldn't have affected Disney's decision. Man. So that even makes Disney look even more goofy. Yeah. <laughs> Quit passing on such talent, Disney. I don't understand why they're passing on such talent. Who was the other person who had a star? Oh, Ronald Moore, Ronald Moore. Had, now has a picture deal with, uh, with Disney. So please, when he approaches you, who's the new executive over at Disney? Not I, um, uh, not Iger. <laughs> um, Chepik. Yeah. Chepik. When he goes, when Chepik, when he goes to your office, you know, put your ego away and realize who he is and be like, Oh, Ronald Moore, Battlestar Galactica. Some of the best episodes of Star Trek of all time. And Battlestar Galactica, one of the best sci-fi shows ever in history. Hmm. Anything you say, Ronald Moore, yeah. whatever you want to do, 
I will back it up financially. And don't forget, he was an original writer with George Lucas. That's the thing. He's like, exactly. Do you realize that the Ronald Moore project and even this one, I honestly think that George Lucas would have loved this project more because this absolutely brings in his inspirations to the forefront. Yeah. The reason why he made Star Wars was because of his inspiration by Kurosawa and 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 the uh oh my god, I forgot the, the, the samurai film. The samurai film, uh the the Hidden Fortress. Yeah. The, those movies, those series of movies is what ins- gave us Star Wars. And for Zack Snyder to go back and say, I'm gonna do a mature retelling of Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai in nah, Star Wars. Nah, fuck that. We yeah. want we want Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Give us Ryan Johnson. And this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. So Ewan McGregor, he says Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi will not disappoint. That's high praise, especially since he knows full well how crazy Star Wars fans can be. Well, he does have the high ground. Does he, though? <laughs> I want to make sure. When he was being interviewed, was he standing on like was an apple standing box on an or apple a crate? Box? I want to just make sure. Because if he, was, uh, if he had the high ground when he was saying this, then he may prove to be victorious. So Ewan McGregor hyped up Obi-Wan Kenobi after collecting an Emmy for his performance in the Netflix series Halston. After winning Outstanding Lead Actor, of course he did, because he's amazing. He is then asked about Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he says, I think it will not disappoint. That's all he says. (laughs) That's all he's going to say. He's all, it was a different experience than working on the first three films we did, and I really, really liked it. It didn't break him. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited about that. I, I keep hearing more and more things coming out from the Star Wars camp about Obi-Wan that makes me yeah. more and more excited for the series. I'm really excited in regards to uh, Deborah Chow, who's the director and executive producer, I believe. I'm not a fan of someone directing the entire run. I'm just not. like, And maybe that's my own hang-up I gotta get over now. But the things, I've been old... hearing, the things I've been hearing from the cast and a lot of the production people and various articles that I've I've been reading about Obi-Wan. Deborah Chow has done a fantastic job. I'm not saying I'm not saying she has, she isn't doing a fantastic job and I'm not saying that she's not going to do a fantastic job. I'm saying that I'm of the old school mindset of how you do TV is how you do TV. Mm. You have multiple directors, a single, a singular showrunner with a writing room. That's how you do TV. I'm not a fan of having one director come in and direct the entire thing. Now this is a, what a six episode series, correct? Yes. Or is it three? I believe it's six because when I remember me, it's short form. It, it's short form. We know that it's short form. So that being said, I, I, I guess there's some wiggle room there to have a single director directing the entire thing. Cause then it essentially amounts to about a, you know, a movie and a half roughly. Yes. So that's okay. But I, I do get a little nervous when, studios try to reinvent the wheel and that's something disney continues to do they try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to how they make movies and tv shows and for the most part it doesn't always work well in the way of quality uh when it comes to marvel they have completely reinvented the wheel when it comes to the mcu and it's worked great 
Um, but I feel like at this point with television, maybe they should ixnay on trying to rewrite it. A eh? oh yeah, because like I mean, remember some of the hangups that we've had with Mandalorian. While it was great, yeah, having great. that having that sole one person guiding the ship kind of was a little taxing after a while because. Well, when did it get better? It got better when Favreau quit directing and writing. Exactly. And every time he came back to write and direct, you're like, oh, this isn't as great anymore. But then, but also, not only did he stop uh, writing and directing, but then he brought in people, other people that could do their own episodes, like Filoni and his crew. Yeah. He he started pulling in those people. You got to do things like that, in my opinion. You have to. Yeah. Okay, so Obi-Wan Kenobi, Soong Kang confirms his character wields a lightsaber. That's exciting. That is. Uh, Soong Kang is back on the press tour promoting the director's cut of the wonderful movie F9. And (laughs) once again, he's dropping nuggets from the Obi-Wan Kenobi production left and right. And with a niece in a recent interview, Kang revealed that his character will have a lightsaber in the show. Uh, his statement is almost word for word the same that he gave to Rotten Tomatoes a few months ago. So I'm thinking he's reading off a script. They're like, listen, you can say a few things. You have a lightsaber, bro. That's all you say. <laughs> That's Do not all say you're allowed anything to else. say. That's enough to get you excited. That's enough to get everyone else excited. No more. I'm really looking forward to this series because it's it ha- we have been going back and forth on how they're going to do the story. How will they do it? How are they going to do it? And the more news that comes out, the more it looks like it's going to be a true Jedi tale. Yeah. And, th- and honestly, remember a, a couple of shows ago when me and you were talking about how, you know, we're trying to get hyped up for this new new shows of star Wars coming out uh, just in the next two years. It was really difficult because Disney was not putting stuff out. You'd only get like little tidbits of news and articles and interviews of cast. They didn't even release teaser trailers. No. And think about this, Mike book of Boba Fett is supposed to come out this December. We haven't got a trailer at all this year. Eh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, listen, I think at this point, Dave, we talked about this during our last discussion, and I don't disagree. I, I but at this point, Dave, I think this is how they do business now when it yeah. comes to Star Wars. Let's not promote it Very at secretive. all, and then we'll just drop it when we're ready. Let's take a quick break, Dave, and then when we get back, we'll jump into the rest of our discussions. We'll be right back. <laughs> Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off and then we'll 
load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. Plus... Free shipping! Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Be sure to find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review if you want as well. Please tell us you love us, you hate us. Either way, I'm okay with it. I can deal with a little bit of shit talking. Just a little. I mean, we do enough on this show, I think, that if we can dish it out, we should be able to take it. Right, Dave? Oh, yeah. And We're not that sensitive. Yeah, and if it becomes too much for me, then I'll just use you as as a shield, as a human shield. <laughs> as a human shield. And that way you are the one who is now taking all the shrapnel. Because you're my slave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's better than being like one of those Ugnots. Yeah. Eh, that's true. All right. Are you ready, Dave? We're so, ready. Star Wars Hunters. We talked about this during our last discussion that it has been on hold, but apparently Star Wars Hunters is finally moving forward. It is a mobile and Nintendo Switch game, and they have unveiled a first trailer, and it is pretty fun looking, Dave. It is. I will give it that. It is really fun. The, the only disappointment in my, in my opinion was actually finding out that it is a mobile a mo- uh, mobile game. Won't that make it more accessible, though? I mean, easier it'll to play. It more, you can play easier. while you're on the shitter, Dave. You know, yeah. that's always good for people that like to take shits. I don't shit, so I don't know what it's like to have to feed something. <laughs> I'm like Kim Jong-un. You know, I'm a god. We don't poop. You don't poop? No. It's not a thing in my household. Um, but there are people that do, and they may enjoy playing this game while they're taking a the poop. Oh, absolutely. And the weirdest thing by far is... Star Wars and mobile games have worked, as scary as it sounds. Well, it didn't work in 2013, necessarily, when Disney decided they're going to launch, like, what, 25 different Star Wars games? 25 different Star Wars games, and and only two were were successful. two, and then one got canceled, and I want to say one is still still being played. Is it Battle, Battle... is hero battle heroes or hero? battle heroes? I can't even say it. I can't remember the name, but, but it's, it's like the hero battle of heroes or something like that. And that game's not too bad. I am. I've enjoyed it for the most part, but this one is going to be a being described as a third person shooter brawler with yes. small teams battling it out in arenas based on famous star Wars planets. I will say it does look fun uh, after months of secrecy and the scatter teases. The first trailer for star Wars hunters uh, does offer some, some insights into what to expect from the game. Yeah. Now we've known for a while that there are no big star Wars video game releases that are hitting consoles or personal computers this year. 
And in fact, a lot of things have been put on hold or pushed back for whatever reason, whether it's the pandemic or the chip shortage, which was also brought on by the pandemic. So it looks like they're setting their their sights on these smaller games. They can't put out the console stuff. So, hey, let's focus on some of these smaller releases that we've been teasing for the last year or so. And Zanga is the publishing company. It's publishing company, right? Yeah, that's the publishing company. They're the ones putting it out, putting out Star Wars Hunters, and it will be spearheading that push in the coming months. And its full release won't arrive until 2022, but there will be an early access period that will be gradually widened uh, before the end of the year. I'm hoping to get in on that. I'm going to log on right after this show and see if I can apply for early access. Last time I did that for a game, a shooter game, Dave, the game never came out. Yes. So hopefully I don't uh, jinx this one. Any thoughts on this at all? I'm, I'm really excited for this, for this one, because essentially for people out there to understand what, they're trying to get with star Wars. Essentially this is their answer to games like overwatch. It's game. It's basically just battle arenas. You get to uh, to play these completely original heroes and pit them up, uh, pit them against each other in an arena battle. So you're thinking like more or less like Fortnite and apex legends for, for the gaming fans out there. that are listening to us. So I'm actually really excited about this because I've been waiting for someone to kind of take a major franchise like, you know, Star Wars and do a, a essentially a battle arena, which is the answer to Fortnite, Apex Legends, Overwatch. What would you consider Battlefront? Battlefront is more or less kind of like a first person shooter. It's not in the overwatch cast because you're not playing actual heroes. Yeah. You're playing like basically characters that you make yourself. Right. And, but in regards to this with the, like a hero battle of a shooter, we're dealing with bringing in new original characters and they released the list of characters. And these characters sound really interesting. I mean, you have say for example, the one, Force user that is part of the Sith religious order. I, I'm pulling up the uh, the list here. Her name is Reeve, and she's actually really cool. There's actually a background story to her to that yeah, character. I think that's pretty cool. And then you have like Aaron Tall, who's the Mandalorian character that you saw in the uh, trailer that teams up with her. And you have various other characters too. That you have a Wookie, Graz. Yes, Graz. You have. As funny as it sounds, I'm really excited to play a Jawa. And the Jawa in there is Utuni. Yeah. I (laughs) laughed when I saw them pop up on the trailer. (laughs) And one of them is standing standing on on his shoulders. So they're just as tall as everyone else. And the one whose shoulders are being stood on, he's the one that has the lightsaber and he hands it. The guy standing on the yes. show is so dumb. It's so but at dumb. At the same time, it works. But it it, it, it works for work. it works for this type of game. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed it's to not, be fun. It's not going to be an overly serious game. Now, Dave, I did register while we were talking. That's why I was silent for a while. If you pre-register, 
there will be milestones that we hit as a group. Those of us that register and it will unlock rewards while we're waiting to play either they're going to be given to us in game or they're going to be something that we can take as pre-registers registrants registrants. Is that the word? No. Yeah. Am I forgetting English today? <laughs> a little bit because it, even for me, I was like going registrant or regist re- register. <laughs> register. Let me, let me Google it. When in doubt, Dave. And the one thing that I do want to tell uh, to mention to like, especially our listeners who are, who are really looking at star Wars hunters and kind of wondering, <clears throat> don't get excited and expect to see, in, uh, well-known characters. Right. I, and honestly, you know, I don't know if I want to see well-known characters. Maybe that's not the point of this game. Maybe eventually, but this is slightly story driven, at least with backstories then like, yeah, give us something new, and then maybe later on introduce a few of those legacy characters. The, the 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 really the crux of the whole game is how interesting can they make the characters? Yeah, because all the players have to be able to want to choose the hero. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this. So yes, as a registrant, you do gain access to certain rewards once numbers are hit, and apparently. The first milestone is supposed to be hit at 250,000, which means this game has not even had 250,000 pre-registrations yet. Yeah. And I honestly I don't know if that's a good thing because this trailer was dropped on the 15th. That yes. was, what, seven days ago? Well, a lot of people, that's the scary part about why people are kind of veering away from it because once they found out it was a mobile shooter, but come on guys, people were like, Oh, it's not going to be on console. Oh, it's not going to be on PC. You have, and I'm actually, it's on Nintendo switch. It's on Nintendo switch, which I I registered for that version because I do prefer the Nintendo switch over my iPad. If I don't need to play my iPad. So I'm looking forward to it. I will keep people updated once it is released and I'm given access. I'm hoping I am given early access. We will do a review and we'll discuss the pros and cons. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Rumor. Are you ready for this rumor? Okay. And it could be a sign for things to come. And I'm hoping (laughs) this is not correct. (laughs) Okay. So this is a rumor that basically is a uh, a negative negative publishing. Okay. IDW. Oh, man. I think I know what you're going to tell me. (laughs) Is apparently getting the pug the plug pulled on them so it seems like based on numerous reports that lucasfilm is pulling the plug on idw star wars comics yes it's just a rumor as of right now but listen the writing's on the wall it has been it has been for a while um and the reason why this makes me nervous is because if they're withdrawing their contract or their contractual terms let's say they're nullifying them with idw then something's happening with the comic books. And I'm hoping that this doesn't mean anything negative for the Marvel side of things because I am enjoying what they're putting out the last year and a half. But honestly, Dave, I don't see a lot of excitement about any of it. And I'm a little, I'm not completely unhappy with the bounty hunter war. I think it's really cool, but also you are turning every single one of your, your standalone titles 
into a revolving door to tell that story now for, tell the story. for several months. Because and you have all these connecting issues that you have to pick up now. Yeah, and Dave, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Like, that's old school comic book storytelling, right? But when you do something like that, it means you're trying to market your other titles that aren't selling as much. Yes. Which means titles like possibly Dr. Afra, Bounty Hunter, it's not doing as well. And that's why they're doing these massive connections with these big names like Fett and then the main Star Wars title and, of course, the Vader title. Well, my, my main fear, especially with the talk about IDW, because I knew about this a while ago, that IDW and Lucasfilm were kind of, there was talk about a split. And automatically I'm like going, well, I have no idea what they're going to do with all their titles that they have in IDW because they have yeah. so much invested in High Republic. And it has been picking up really well. But someone basically brought up to me, the fear right now with IDW being cut out is, they're looking to consolidate everything into their line of comics with Marvel, which means... But they already were doing that. Yeah. Which before they decide to branch out to IDW. But we're talking like complete. They're, 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 they're basically saying, okay, we're hitting the red button. And why is the company doing that? Because they want to control everything. But why though? Do you think it's because they're losing money? I think so. Yeah. Because I really the, the do. The reason why a company changes a strategy is because it's not panning out for them a and company who's highly successful let's say these idw comp titles were highly successful they would not be doing anything like this and you gotta now, remember the, there was so much hype and planning done on high republic remember what they they had an entire day just designated to trying to push star wars the high republic they had high republic day yeah <laughs> and Stupid. Let's be honest. High Republic, while yes, it has been getting better and it sporadically has it has not stories, lit the world on fire. It has not lit, lit anything it's, on fire. It's completely out of the radar, Dave. So the idea of them basically consolidating everything and saying, okay, well, we know that on Marvel side, we have a couple of tiles there that aren't selling. We could keep the High Republic stuff and just mash everything together, cancel these comics, like, I'm, I'm really worried that Bounty Hunters would get canceled. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Dr. Afra will get canceled I don't think, because no. she's a woman of color. She's too popular. And man. she's pop popular within the LGBT communities, like the groups. So I think for that reason alone, I don't think you're going to see a cancellation. But something like Bounty Hunters, even if it's bringing in more sales than, say, Dr. Afra, they would probably cancel that. And that's unfortunate because when are we ever going to get a story again featuring our guy? Baylart. Baylart Balance. Now, according to this article, it says that the Disney Lucasfilm, hold on here, has withdrawn the Star Wars All Ages comic book license from IDW. IDW has been publishing an All Ages Star Wars comic book line for a number of years. Yes. Uh, just as Disney owned Marvel Comics has been publishing a Star Wars comics line aimed at older audiences. Some have asked why Marvel Comics simply doesn't do both, but the current system has suited folks for a long time. And Disney Lucasfilm licenses comics rights to a number of other publishers as well. And recently the IDW and Marvel titles collaborated in the joint continuity publishing line, the High Republic. 
Uh, but according to Bleeding Cool, they learned that this is coming to an end. Disney has withdrawn the license from IDW, but won't be handing it to Marvel Comics. They have other plans. Yeah. Because the, there's been talk and discussion that basically they, they're thinking of actually running it themselves. They get away from Marvel and IDW and Wait, run it themselves. Having a, what, a Disney publishing company or, Mar- or a, a Lucasfilm publishing company? More or less like Disney. Lu- More uh, Disney. Dude, no one's going to buy a Disney publishing company. Comic. A Disney a company. Can you imagine going into like a, a comic shop and like, oh, Disney's put out a new fucking... Vampirilla. But this was the fear. This was the fear in Marvel. This is the fear in Marvel. They're not going to do that, Dave. That's that. They're going to be fracturing their audience, their, their content so much so that it's good. It's ridiculous. What company wants to fraction? Is that the right word I'm looking for? I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I don't no, think, I think I don't fracture, think, fracture, is it fracture. Yeah, like I, I don't feel like that's a smart thing because in this day and age, everybody's doing that with their properties, and it's mm-hmm. not working for them. Like right now, Disney Plus has been pretty great because they're keeping everything on Disney. But what's going to happen when they get more mature things? They're going to have um, Disney Mature, but or here's are they the, going to have an entirely different streaming service? Here's the thing, though, Mike. I mean, here's we see it as a fracture, yeah. right? They see it as a uh, conglomeration. They see it as basic. They could be seeing it as we're going to take full control of everything. Okay. We control, we control everything. Are they going to use a death star to control the regional governors as well? (laughs) And yes, I know that's how I sound. That's, that's pretty much my, my viewpoint. Uh, that sounds really kooky. David, but, do, you, do you want, I know it doesn't matter a, a name necessarily on a comic book, the publishing company, but do you really think that's a good idea? Do you, <sighs> I'm talking your strategy business wise, people buying comics. Oh, now you're talking about the comic book industry, right? I'm talking about people who buy comics. I do think that as a business, it's not a bad idea. So you think there'll be comic book buyers who are like, hmm. Disney publishing because the, the it's been known that the big two Marvel and DC, their numbers have not been good. The last, but it's still years. Marvel. That's what's stupid about it. It's still just because it's Disney. It's still owned by them. They're just rebranding. I hope they don't do it. I think it's silly. I think it's pointless. Mo- let Marvel, you own Marvel. Marvel has been your stable. Just stay there. And how about you put together really high quality stories and really pimp them out and promote them appropriately. And then you don't have to worry about all this other nonsense, right? Right. All right. This brings us to the end of our discussion. How about you get fucking smarter, Disney? Jesus. All right. This does bring us to the end of our discussion. I felt like we were rambling those last few minutes there, but I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) 